Wow, what great truths. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that we would allow you to live in us and through us. I pray for those who are not yet followers of you, that today would be the day that they would say, Yes, Jesus, I receive you and want you to be the leader of my life. I want to be free, free from myself free from the little kingdom of me. Father, for those of us who are followers of you, if there are areas that we're keeping uh, to ourselves, oh, God, how I pray that you would bring that to our mind's eye immediately and that we would confess that and say, Jesus, I want you to be the leader of everything I have. It all belongs to you, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning. It's good to see you. you. May be seated. And thanks for getting online with us today. So I have an amazing passage that uh, you will want to hang on to. It may become your most favorite verse uh, for a long time. And if you uh, did not get on the cue card, those of you that are here in house, uh, get your cue card. Get your uh, camera and focus on the cue card. And uh, you're going to have an opportunity to write in a prayer request. Those of you that are online, uh, there's a place for you to send in prayer requests. And this is going to be an amazing verse for, uh, for you to drive. Let me give you the background before I share the verse with you. Israel had experienced bitter defeat. And many of you come in today and feel like you have experienced bitter defeat in some area. The Babylonians were taking over them. and They were at the mercy of their captors. And then this is what God has to say about those who feel defeated. This is in Zechariah 9. You may not be familiar with Zechariah. Just go to the book of Matthew. Hang a left. And you'll be there really shortly after a couple books there. Zechariah 9, 12. And this is what it says. Return to your stronghold, O prisoners of hope. Today I declare that I will restore to you double. Okay. Did you notice he calls them prisoners of hope? Here they are. They're in the midst of defeated, uh, a defeat. They are prisoners. And yet he calls on them and he says, return to your stronghold. Last week we talked about Christ is our anchor, that we return to our anchor. And the important part about an anchor is you've got to take it out of the boat and let it go. That's when it happens. That's when it helps that you move out of your circumstances, controlling your own circumstances, and you drop it into, into the, uh, to the lake, so to speak, and allow Christ to keep you solid. And so he says here, he says, return to your stronghold, because so many times we, we go to something horizontal to put our hope and trust in, and he's saying, quit doing that. That just doesn't serve you well, and it's not sustainable. But let me tell you what is sustainable, and it's a vertical hope, and it's Jesus Christ. He is our anchor. He is our hope. Return to your stronghold, O prisoners of hope. Now, he calls them prisoners of hope. Which are they? Prisoners of war, prisoners of hope. Which is it? Prisoners of war, prisoners of hope. It all depends on your perspective. If you let your circumstances define the way you see God, you are a prisoner of war. Wow. May we not allow our perspective to bring 
our view of God, but instead, if you let God define the way you see your circumstances, you are a prisoner of hope. Who doesn't want to be signed up for that? And that will be our driving verse that we pray for all of you who put in prayer requests. Whatever, whatever circumstance you're in, whatever prisoner of war you feel like you're in, whatever you're facing that seems overwhelming and not sustainable in your life, we want to say we're going to pray this over you that you would, one, that you would return to your anchor, that you'd put your hope in Jesus Christ alone, and that you would recognize that your perspective needs to be driven by vertical by your by your relationship with Jesus Christ and that he can bring hope to you so let's uh, pray together father I pray as we continue to look at your word that we would align our lives to truth and then let it go from there that we would put our hope in you as our anchor as you as our stronghold God may we put our hope and trust in you and in nothing or anyone else and I, Father, thank you, and I pray that you would bring freedom today to all online and who are here in the house. God, I pray that you would bring freedom, 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 and that we would no longer be driven by anxiety, no longer driven by the unknown and the what-ifs, but our hope would be in the creator of the universe, the one who has it all together. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We could go home, right? Thanks for not laughing too much because we're going to keep you here for a little while longer. I have an amazing passage I want us to talk about because we're going to close our service with a baptism. And this is such a powerful story. It's in Acts 8, 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot. He heard the man reading from the book of Isaiah the prophet, and he said, do you understand what you're reading? Well, how can I unless someone explains it to me? So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch was reading the passage of Scripture. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he didn't open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life is taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Well, tell me, please, who is this prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about the anchor, the good news about our stronghold, the good news was Jesus. They traveled along the road where they came. They saw some water. The eunuch said, look, here's water. Why can't I declare my allegiance to Jesus? Why can't I be baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. A couple things before we... Close, close out today. Look at the start of this. This is an amazing passage, and it applies to everybody in this room. An angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south. Verse 27, he started out, and on his way, he meets the Ethiopian eunuch. On his way. Philip hears two voices. He hears the voice of God and then he hears the voice of the one that God puts him in contact with. 
for the sake of the world. This is what God calls all of us to do, that we listen to God's word, that we listen, let God's word speak to us, and we start out our day saying, God, would you put me in the pathway of whoever needs to be encouraged, that I would be the voice and the hands and the feet uh, of Jesus. So we listen to the voice of Jesus so that we can be ready to go to the left or to the right, whatever he tells us to do, to go forward, to stay still. But the beauty of this is it was on his way was what Jesus had for him to do, the Spirit of God. On his way. And so I come back to everything we've been saying for the last 20 years at New Cove, saying God wants to work in you and through you, and it's in the mundane where he does most of his work. We've, I won't spend a ton of time on this. You've heard it before. Jesus never had a healing day. It was always on the way. Someone touches him. Someone He runs into someone. It was on his way. He was interrupted. And that's what we want to be as a church, that we would be willing to listen to the voice of God and be interrupted and speak the voice and the hands and the feet of Jesus to the people he puts in our pathway. And most likely it's going to be in the mundane, beginning at home and working its way out into the neighborhood. Philip leads the way. He listens to the voice of God. And then he is able to see here's an opportunity. And this Ethiopian is wanting to know Jesus. And God has put you where exactly he wants you to be. And he's put the people around you who don't yet know Jesus. He's put them in your pathway because they are ready and poised to hear more about Jesus. And all we have to do is listen to the voice of Jesus and be willing to keep our eyes and ears open for the sake of the world. And then... The Ethiopian eunuch says, well, here's water. Why can't I declare? Why can't I? Why would I want to keep this to myself? Why would I be ashamed and not let people know that I am now a follower of Jesus? Baptism has always been a declaration. It's far more than that, but it begins with this declaration of saying, I'm in. I'm in. You can count on me. It's one thing to say in the privacy of your heart that you're a follower of Jesus. It's a whole different thing to come out of the shadows and stand. And Rachel's going to be baptized in a few moments. And Rachel is already a follower of Jesus. She's already given her life to Jesus Christ. But she has felt the need to say, I want people to know that I am not ashamed to be a follower of Jesus. And so when she stands up here to get baptized, she is simply just saying, I want you to know what's already happened in my life. Believer baptism is so important that Jesus himself was baptized and he commanded it, didn't suggest it. He commanded it. Matthew 3, 13. Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he came up out of the water and at that moment, the heaven was opened, and he saw a spirit of God descending like a dove, lighting on him, and a voice from heaven said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Jesus was the example. Matthew 28, one of the very last things he said to followers of Jesus, Therefore go and in the mundane, share Jesus. As you're going, make disciples. Invest in the people that God has put around you. You don't have to worry about those on the other side of the world unless your pastor says, let's raise $4,000, then you're in. You, you go where God gives you opportunity. We have opportunity to invest 
in India. We have opportunity to invest in refugees here in Lincoln. We have opportunity to invest in our neighborhood. I have opportunity to invest in my home. God has placed me in a place. All I've got to do is listen to the voice of God and listen to see what's going on around me and enter in into relationship. And Jesus says, as you're going, then be the light of the world. Share Jesus with people around you and baptize them. Let them declare that they are not ashamed to be a follower of Jesus. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Those of you that are extroverts, you go, no big deal. Those of you who are introverts, it's a little bigger deal. But Jesus didn't say only extroverts need to do this. It's all of us. It's all of us. Baptism is a picture of the death and the burial, but then the resurrection. It is, it is amazing. So when we baptize Rachel and we'll baptize her in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in baptism, and I'll hold her for three days. And then <laughs> up, out she comes three days later. New life. It's a picture of the death and burial, but the resurrection of Jesus. It's about this exchange. So when you see Rachel get baptized, it's an exchange that's already taken place, and she just gets to tell you that she's made that exchange to say, it's no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. Romans 6, 4, and 5 is a beautiful passage. And I'll close with just some observations about Romans 6, 4 to 5. For we died and we were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we may also live new lives under new leadership. Rachel's little kingdom of one is no longer that kingdom. It's a new kingdom. It's the kingdom of God saying, how can I be the hands and the feet and the voice of Jesus to the people wherever you have me? So as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also live new lives under new leadership. Since we've been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. Being baptized is not equal to salvation. It's a picture of salvation. It's a symbol of repentance and death. It's a, it's a picture of the old Rachel without Jesus and as she comes up out of the water, it's a picture of the Rachel with now Jesus in her. It's a, also, it's a, it's a symbol of new life. We saw that in Romans 6. We were buried with Christ. But now as he was raised to new life, we also have new life. And so it's a beautiful picture. Rachel won't have to say a word if she doesn't want to. And just the picture alone of baptism, she's going to show that she's under new leadership. And she's now a brand new person. And it's a symbol of our new commissioning. And what do I mean by that? To say, I'm not ashamed. I want you to know I'm not ashamed to be a follower of Jesus. I'm commissioned. I'm going to let people know that I am not ashamed of Jesus. We use water and we plunge under. The reason we plunge people under, the word baptizo means to plunge under. And you see Jesus coming up out of the water. You see that Ethiopian person coming up out of the water. And it's the beauty of the power of water. If you have interest, Brett Wellstead has an amazing study about how God uses the picture of water all from the very beginning of creation and even coming up through baptism, what the power and the symbolism of water. 
And so we plunge her under, and she's washed, so to speak, but comes up brand new and clean. So let me address an elephant that you may not realize is in the room. Let's talk about infant baptism for just a second. Stay with me. So you need to know that thoughtful, committed Christians have disagreed on this for centuries. So, and people who love Jesus and are committed to Scripture. Therefore, we recognize that one of my best friends as a pastor of a church that does infant baptism, and we just agree that he's wrong. And that's Stu Kearns, by the way. Tell him I said that if you run into Stu. He and I are great friends, and we, but we focus on the need for Jesus. But in this case at New Cove, we call it believer's baptism. And we believe that baptism should be an opportunity for people who've given their life to Jesus now to come out and say, I want you to know, as a believer, I've made a decision. Rachel was baptized as an infant. And today her parents will celebrate the fact that she is an answered prayer to what they dedicated her for when she was uh, as an infant. So we're not undoing that. She's getting baptized for a different reason. Her parents said we want her to be a follower of God. We want her to, to love Jesus. And she does. And she says, I'm not ashamed for people to know this. So we offer parent-child dedications. Every, every so often we have parents who say, I want to create an environment where our children see Jesus and know Jesus. And so that's what we want to do. So that one day they can stand before others and say, I want you to know that I'm doing this for myself. Let me land the plane. Does baptism save anybody? Does baptism give you a ticket into heaven? No, 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 absolutely not. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. It is by grace you've been saved through faith. Not from yourselves. It's a gift of God, not by your decision to get baptized that you could boast. Titus 3, 5. He saved us not because of good things that we do, but because of his mercy. So my question is, why not declare? And I have no doubt that it is uh, an issue for our, our church to say, we want people to be unashamed in their following of Jesus. And so I would ask you, as you watch Rachel get baptized in just a moment, that you would declare, that you would be able to say, I have been a follower of Jesus, or I am now, and I want you to know that I'm not ashamed to be a follower of Jesus. And so as a longtime follower of Jesus, I declare, or maybe you've just made that decision. So you can, again, online, uh, if you're online, you can let us know that. Uh, you can come uh, email us at newcupchurch.org, or there's an old-fashioned thing called a phone. Uh, you could call the office and let us know that you are ready to be baptized. We, we would say, here's water, so what would keep you from declaring your allegiance to Jesus Christ? So let's pray together. Father, thank you that you love us and care for us. Thank you that you gave your life for us.
thank you for the privilege that you have given us to impact people for Jesus for the sake of the world. And I pray that uh, any who you're calling to be baptized, that they would choose to do that. And Father, may this be a turning point for so many to let people know that they're not ashamed to be a follower of Jesus. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.